And welcome back to the Cinemated World Podcast, everyone. My name is Dwayne, and today we have another episode of the Hero Hour Show. This is the show where we talk all things comic book movies and TV. We are going to be talking about the big Marvel news over the weekend, along with some other topics. So, before we get into it, I am joined by some guests. First, from the Cinemanual team and Geekly Goods, we have Leo. Leo, hello. Hey, what's going on, man? Looking forward to talking some MCU and a trouble brewing over at Marvel. But hey, listen, my confidence is still high in the MCU. I'm still hype, so I can't wait to talk about it with y'all. Yeah, it's good to have you here, as always, as our resident MCU guy first. So it's good to get into everything here with you. And everyone, we are joined by a guest here. Uh, we have Jalen. Jalen, hello. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, guys. Happy to be here. Happy to talk all things Marvel and movies with y'all. Yeah, it's good to have you here. I wanted you on this show because, you know, um, I've followed you on Twitter for a while and I, and I saw that you are a big MCU fan. So I kind of want to get an outsider's thoughts on what's been going on with the MCU and, you know, everything from that Variety article that got the world going crazy this past week. Um, so let's get right into that. That's our main topic of the show here today, everyone. We are discussing the uh, Variety article uh, from that was about the MCU that came out. I believe it was like Wednesday this came out. It was titled Crisis at Marvel, uh, Jonathan Major's Backup Plans, the Marvel's Reshoots, Reviving Original Avengers, and more issues revealed uh, by Variety. So I'll kick it to you, Leo. Let's get some more info on this from this article what went down? So, man, there are a lot of points in this article, but there are some main points that we can really just highlight here because I want to just start off by saying, like, this is a report. It's by no means like the end-all, be-all, super truth. This person is Kevin Feige coming out writing the article, but there's been a lot of speculation and reports about troubles brewing in Marvel over the year, and this one really just packs together a lot of that information and summarizes it. And uh, there's a lot of troublesome things going on, but there's still some hope to be had in the MCU. But one of the biggest points was about Jonathan Majors. It seems that they don't know how exactly they want to handle that, whether it be recasting. One of the things in the report was that Dr. Doom was in consideration to take over for the big bad, the next big bad over at the MCU. But again, there's yeah. no confirmation of that. So I just want to be sure that everybody knows that these are reports mm -hmm. and a deal maker over at Marvel. So somebody who's heavily involved had said they kind of messed themselves over with the whole Kang angle. I am mm -hmm. censoring because they, that's not what they said, but uh, they really messed things up with the finale of Loki. It sounds like, which, I mean, we saw the last episode and we'll talk about that a little bit later. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. I mean, we'll, we'll see, we'll see how big of a hole has been dug and then the article went on to reiterate about the strategy for the MCU post in game, that there would never be a lapse in superhero fare and things are going a little bit uh, sideways with that plan. Mm. I would say then another big point was the Marvels and it's tracking uh, reportedly 75 to $85 million opening domestically, which is mm -hmm. sharply up under uh, guardians, which was, I believe 118, 119, so that's a sharp decline from the last movie. There was also a talk about the VFX teams, and it supposedly, from this report, 
There were out-of-focus scenes in both She-Hulk and Quantumania due to rescheduling and shifting schedules around. So the VFX, unfortunately, took a big hit due to those schedule changes. Right. And there was another big one about Mahershala Ali's Blade. Reportedly that he nearly left, but they brought in Logan writer Michael Green, and now a Slater for 2025, with a budget of less than $100 million, which... I'll be honest, doesn't seem, it seems bad, but it's like, okay, mm-hmm. for perspective, John Wick 4 was $100 million. So that's not True. a bad thing. Yeah. And then another big point in the article was they were thinking about bringing back original Avengers. Robert Downey Jr.'s Iron Man and Scarlett Johansson's Black Widow were specifically named and doing an Avengers movie, which uh, seems <laughs> like a step backward, but whatever. And yeah. then a couple more points just to summarize this up. The bright spot, one of the bright spots of Phase 5, obviously, is Guardians 3. And then Marvel is still debating what they want to do with Jonathan Major. So a lot of things seemingly going wrong. But Mm -hmm. what I want to really emphasize on this article is that a lot of these issues we've heard of before and we know have happened, like with the VFX, Mm -hmm. with the Marvels and the tracking, doesn't mean that the future isn't bright. I mean, we recently got an Echo trailer that looks like a gritty, more mature MCU story, a character-driven one that is something that we are looking forward to. They have the Spotlight banner coming out. So while this report happened, what, on Tuesday, I do just want to reiterate that it's not over. We're It's not like, oh, the MCU has to go ahead and completely reset right now. We got to scrap mm. everything coming up. This report does, though, let us know that everything's not as bright behind the scenes as it might seem. So yeah. there's some trouble over at Marvel, but I don't think it's quite time to hit the brakes and completely kill everything off yet. Right, right. I, I completely agree with you. I compared it to like a lot of this is sounding very much like 2016 DCEU, which just hit it the, hit it, hitting the panic button. And there's been no really big like... There's, there hasn't been no major setback, I feel like, in the MCU just yet. Like, a movie hasn't come out and completely bombed yet for them. Like, yeah, Quantumania didn't do as well, but it still had a great opening. Uh, the legs just wasn't great. But, uh, you know, uh, a bad TV show as far as uh, Secret Invasion and middling reviews regarding... Um, Quantumania, and then, you know, slow tracking for the Marvels. To me, it's not yet a hit a panic button kind of mode. I feel like if we would have gotten a more of a, more of like a long, like longevity of just bad things happening, uh, then I would, I would suggest, okay, maybe it's time to do something else. But I don't know. They, uh, you know, it's, it's been watching this unfold has been really, really, really insane. And um, I wanted to talk about this quote from the article that's kind of stuck with me. Uh, It's like, see the first paragraph. It says, this past September, a group of Marvel creatives, including studio chief Kevin Feige, assembled in Palm Springs for the studio's annual retreat. Most years, the vibe would, would have been confident, even cocky, given how the premier superhero brand owned by Disney since 2009 has remade the entertainment business in its image, but the occasion was angst-ridden. Everyone at Marvel was reeling from a series of disappointments on screen, a legal scandal involving one of its biggest stars, and questions about the viability of the studio's ambitious strategy to extend the brand beyond movies onto streaming. So that just told me that they 
they see what what the reaction is to their shows and movies online. Um, when they when it this retreat actually we've heard about it at uh, before. Uh, what was it like CinemaCon a few years ago? Kevin Feige, I remember he got on stage and would like and was like, "Oh yeah, I'm gonna we're gonna go talk about the next ten years." So seeing that this retreat like recently was just they have just been. They are just angst and just angry about a lot of stuff. It's kind of interesting to read. Um, and you, it, the article does go on to tell you what has gotten them in this in this state. So it's just a lot of things going on. So let's go kind of break it down a little bit. First, I'll get your general thoughts from you, Jalen, regarding the MCU. And then where do you where are you right now when it comes to uh, the Marvel Cinematic Universe and uh, how everything has been going regarding the movies and the TV shows. I think they're trying to find their footing after Endgame, which is really interesting to see. So I just kind of see it more of a phase one where they're just kind of experimenting with what works, what doesn't work, especially without their core six. And which has kind of led them to asking that question, should we bring Scarlet back? Should we bring Tony Stark back? I mean, honestly, as a fan, I would love to see that. Um, but obviously it might not be the most feasible thing, but what I think is really hard is that you haven't had a character or a show or a movie that's really stood out for fans to kind of gravitate towards. Unlike the original mm-hmm. six, you're immediately drawn to Tony Stark, for example. So mm-hmm. maybe Florence Pugh, Yelena Belova is the only one that I can think of that fans really gravitated to. Um, Elizabeth Olsen's Scarlet Witch, I think they were already gravitated towards her, but she's not necessarily going to be the one that carries the MCU on her shoulders because she seems pretty much not fed up and not done, just kind of disappointed with way with the way her character was handled in Multiverse of Madness. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I would agree. I think, and then I and then we were seeing from the from the uh, was it the book that said it or was it the uh, it was Leo. Help me out. Was it that? Was it that book that came out, or was it that the new timeline where they said that she's dead? The and new timeline like, supposedly yeah. said she's like, and it it, it kind of had a mysterious quote. It was like, oh, she took care of two threats at one time, and I was mm-hmm. like, okay, well, it sounds to me like they are leaving room, but it sounds like maybe Lizzie Olsen doesn't want to come back. Maybe not. I definitely mm-hmm. can see how that can be either if or that if they don't change their ways because i do think she was definitely upset with how they handled her character Mm -hmm. because i i don't remember what quote it was from but she said have you seen what we're doing with wandavision clearly implying that the writer of multiverse of madness did not watch anything or ask anything about that and i think that's Mm -hmm. marvel's biggest problem is not having filmmakers that look at prior projects, the comics for inspiration and really putting heart into that project. They're just like, let's make her a villain. Mm -hmm. Randomly too, without it just, it's really jarring too. When you do go back and watch WandaVision and then go into multiverse of madness, the ending of WandaVision does set up like, okay, she's going into a darker route, but it was so abrupt that we go into the next movie and she's outright the villain trying to Mm -hmm. murder this child. And stuff. So it was really, really interesting. Yeah, go ahead. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it just came out of nowhere. And I could totally understand her being not wanting to come back. I know that I saw she was at a convention Mm 
Mm-hmm. What what was it? Maybe about six, seven months ago, and yeah. I don't know. Fans are like going up to her and being like, "Can you say hi, mom?" or something like. I think they were saying, "Can you say I'm yeah, your mom?" Yeah, and, and they were like, like pointing the camera to her, and she like looked visibly uncomfortable. So mm-hmm. I think that there's a little bit of tension between her and Marvel, but who knows? I I just think that there's an opportunity to reuse Wanda and bring her back. But mm-hmm. man, after most time, respect towards the character. What's that? I feel like Mar- if there's more respect towards the character, I feel like Marvel is going to be more successful at it. Absolutely. Because in the past, Marvel doesn't really show the respect that female characters deserve, which kind of leads to them leaving the MCU altogether. Yeah, especially when you talk about Brie Larson leading oh, up to the Marvels. Is. And then when you talk about how that, I will never forget that uh, that red carpet interview that she did where she just looks so defeated and mm-hmm. I forget who was doing it. And he was like, Oh, are you, are we going to see more of uh captain Marvel? And she's like, I don't know. Do you guys want to want to see more of me? And I'm definitely somebody in the camp who, who, who I, I love captain Marvel, not just Brie Larson herself, but the character it's, you know, in mm. the comics. And I would have loved to see her like Leo's Leo. You said this a thousand times, see her be the Tony Stark of the universe and I think they really dropped the ball on her when it when it comes to Endgame because I feel like Endgame she could have been that. Not only would I have liked to see her, you know, doing all of the uh, all of the time travel stuff in Endgame to be with the crew, you know, because if it's if it's you know if they if the excuse is like oh we just want the originals, I mean Rocket and Nebula is here, so it's like you know Captain Marvel could have been in that group you know, to do all of that. And then you kind of crescendo her. I feel like the battle with between her and Thanos, it was like her and Iron Man against Thanos would have meant more too if she was in the movie more. And then uh, you kind of go from that to it being all about, you know, Captain Marvel is the new leader of the Avengers. Mm-hmm. I would have liked that than the idea of like, I love Doctor Strange. You know, and Spider-Man, it's like, he's like 19 or something. I don't need Spider-Man to lead, but like <laughs> Captain Marvel, for me, it was right there. The plan for Captain Marvel was right there and and just never kind of came to fruition. She just seems so far out of everything, so yeah. far removed. I mean, she's maybe got a total of 20 minutes in Endgame. Yeah. Like at the scene with all the female Avengers, she's got where she meets them in the beginning. And I'm like, okay, she's going to be an active part of this story. All right. Mm-hmm. And then she's just gone. And then for most of phase four, she's been zipping around in space. And I'm just like, man, you got to get her down here. I don't know why you even make Gaia into a Captain Marvel clone. <laughs> I, I thought that was Matt a weird Marvel right there. Asian. Mm-hmm. Have Captain totally Marvel come back. She should take out the scroll. Yeah. Right. It's it's been it is it is crazy. I uh yeah, I so it's just a lot of weird things that have that's going on with the universe. And regarding uh going into bringing back the original characters, I do I don't mind the idea if it makes sense, but then I saw like the rumors that Robert Downey Jr is returning and I'm like I feel like that's just I I don't think you have to press the red button just yet. I think just get things kind of in order. And and then if, if that still is not working out, then you press the big red button. But pressing the red button and bringing them back so soon, it's just I don't know. And um, I wonder I think if this they were means... already planning that. Yeah, yeah, and and it seemed like it would like something like Secret Wars, Secret of Wars, course, yeah. you know. But Regardless, like, I think they were going to do it anyways. Mm-hmm. So it's just a, it's just a, it's it's just weird to see when you go and when you go back to like 2019, 2020, 
and you're like, you know, Marvel is on this big high to see what's going on now is like mm-hmm. so jarring yeah. to see that it's like so in it's like such in shambles right now and whatnot. So I don't know. So I guess Leo, let's go to you regarding now it seems like the plan, like the idea of floating around that they're gonna maybe move to Doctor Doom instead of Kang. What are your thoughts on all of that? And um yeah, what do you think? Uh I don't listen. You would then have to scrap Quantumania, mm-hmm. Loki, all the things that built up Kang as being this big bad, this grandiose villain, which Loki's doing a much better job of doing than Quantumania, by the way. I think you just recast. I'm just gonna say it. Just recast. It's worked with Rhodey. It worked with Banner. I don't think it wouldn't work with Kang. I don't see why there's plenty of actors that could play Kang. Mm-hmm. I mean, I somebody was even joking because they were like, well, I mean, variants in other universes, you could have so many different people. Somebody even threw out jokingly Viola Davis, and I was like, well, if she wasn't Amanda Waller, I'd be down. But I just think, recast. Recast. There's so many other people available, and Doctor Doom is such a cool villain, but we'd have to reset up, and then we'd have to essentially have Kang, Kang's downfall and just go ahead and, and recast. We've got Kang yeah. Dynasty before Secret Wars. Recast. That's how yeah. I feel. Is, is all this because of the uh because of the lawsuit and what's going on with yeah. Jonathan Majors? Or is it because I, I it feel to me when I was reading the article, it felt like it's it's not even primarily that. It's primarily how Quantumania performed. And I think that's weird, you know. So I don't know. I well, I it's, go ahead. Yeah. Quantumania is not listen, Ant-Man was definitely the everyman superhero movie. The first two mm-hmm. was a dad trying to get do right by his daughter and trying to do something right for once instead of landing back in prison. Mm-hmm. It should not be this quantum introducing the next villain of the new era. That's not what Ant-Man is as a series. So I would blame them shoehorning Kang in on that as opposed to, oh, well, this villain's just not working, anything like that. I mean, you had yeah, the guy get yeah. beat by ants. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> and maybe maybe putting him with like a more important, I don't want to, I don't want to say that Ant-Man's not important, but you know what I mean? Like a more. Fantastic. Uh, fantastic yeah, like a more dominant character. Because in the movie, doesn't he say that I killed, which, you know, I killed Thor or something like that? Yeah, yeah like, I don't know. I, I would have, um, and I would have wanted, I would have loved to see that in Quantumania. Like, we, in, in Multiverse of Madness, you see Wanda killing the Illuminati. I would have loved to, like, cut to a scene where he's murdering some Avengers or it's like some some kind of some kind of flashback and it's like just a bunch of avengers that he's killing because he says a lie in the movie but then like you said he does get beat by ants and ant-man and the wasp so it's just it's 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 weird it's the basic um, rule of storytelling show don't tell you guys showed us Thanos beating down hulk and killing yeah. Hulk. Show which us. immediately established him as like okay this is our heroes really need to fear for their lives so yeah, I definitely agree. Uh, Jalen, how about you regarding uh, this idea of them kind of phasing into Doctor Doom instead of Kang? I think it's a terrible idea, and 
Doctor Doom is the type of character that needs its own saga. It's like Galactus. They got to have their own saga to be that big baddie. And yeah. in my opinion, I think Doctor Doom is way more terrifying than King or what ha I have seen thus far. I just think recasting it, just that's the only way to go. And they're just going to keep going back and forth. Even if he wins this lawsuit or whatever, just recast. Get rid of the drama. Get a new person. They've done it before with Iron Man. So, I mean, why not? Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I uh, I, I would keep going. I would do what Leo said. Recast, you know, um, and choose a... And I don't know, just continue from there. Uh, it sucks, though, because, you know, you have Jonathan Majors all over the Loki show and whatnot. He wasn't in the last episode. I finally finished the... Uh, all the episodes in the finale is next week, right? I think. Yeah, about done. I think he's only been in like one ep one ish episode. Is like Victor Timely. Victor so Timely, yeah. the variant, so they could just kill off that variant because they've already killed off the King variant, the He Who Remains variant. I mean, mm -hmm. variants look all different as we've seen in Spider Man No Way Home. So true. Uh, yeah, so I, I would. I, I think. I think that you know, just going that route might work but so getting rid of the character all itself just seems really drastic so i mean we'll see we'll, uh, we'll see what happens but um let's now go into let's now going into go into the marvels and um i saw that a lot of people when they were talking about the nia, nia da costa like leaving set that that kind of got like retracted re meaning like you know she's working on other pro uh, other projects and a lot of directors do this so let's not use this as like oh this is why we should all be worried about the marvels and whatnot and um yeah so that that was an interesting tidbit but uh let's get into like they talked about the marvels is uh pretty low tracking and i guess to just kind of get thoughts from you guys as to why this may be be happening is it all because of the mcu stuff there's a bunch of things all at once i'll start with you leo regarding the marvels right now well, I just want to come out and uh, out of the gate real quick and say there's a lot of misogyny around this. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of people mm -hmm. hating on Brie Larson, hating on the three female leads. So all you losers, fine, don't show up. I'm okay with that. Don't come. We don't want you squashing on our joy because we want to enjoy the Marvels and we love to see three female superheroes and two of color, okay? So we love that. Mm -hmm. Second thing I want to say is definitely a little bit about the MCU because... While Guardians did super well, it's definitely an established mini franchise in the MCU. So you already have that buildup from the first two movies. You already have that core audience that loves the Guardians of the Galaxy. But other mm -hmm. than that, yeah, Quantumania wasn't good. If you're an MCU diehard, neither was Secret Invasion. So there's a little bit of uneasiness. Not to mention, we've had some duds kind of come here and there with Shazam 2. Most people yeah, didn't like movies, Flash. Yeah, it's just been a mixed bag of a year for superhero movies where it's like, okay, the two releases, well, I guess I'll, I'll say the three comic book movies that I think everybody kind of consensually liked was Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Cross the Spider-Verse, and Guardians 3. I think we can say mm -hmm. that most people enjoyed those, but other than that, it's been kind of back and forth, so I think that has a little bit to do with it as well. And then there's a lot of competition right around the corner from it. You got that Hunger Games prequel right the week right after, and then after that, you got Trolls, you got Wish, so Disney's even competing with itself in November, just like WB is with itself in December. There's just a lot of competition around it as well, as opposed to 
other movies that had an open playing field around it. There's just so much around the Marvels as well. And, and it, I'm telling y'all, the hate for Brie Larson is so unwarranted. Like, I just need those YouTube channels to get shut down. Like, you haven't <laughs> even seen the movie. Yeah, no, for sure. I know. And like, oh, my God, the thumbnails are always the worst part. It's like this ridiculous <sighs> photo of Brie Larson with like always like red font writing and fire oh, on the side. Worst, man. Just awful. Uh, but yeah, I would agree. I think it's a, I think it's multiple things. Just the superhero genre just not really being hot at the moment. Um, the MCU's kind of a lot of things going on within the with, with the MCU. So I think one of the reasons why Guardians did so well too is because um if the trailers it just felt like such its own it felt like such its own thing. And I would kind of compare it to like to like uh Black Panther or a movie like that to where when you watch the Black Panther trailer, it had like it has like nothing to do with like the majority of the MCU. The main thing kind of weighing over it is like the whole, you know, Bucky Barnes and his dad. But for the most part, that entire trailer is mostly like, here's Black Panther, here's his here's his world, here's his uh, you know, here's the conflict, here's the villain. Whereas uh Guardians felt kind of like that in a way, where it was it just felt like here are the Guardians, there's a, it's gonna be a sad story. It's going to be a personal story regarding the Guardians, no Avengers. I think that maybe helped its case as far as people in the MCU. And um, with this, it feels like when you do have uh, Nick Fury in here coming off of Secret Invasion, it feels like a a follow-up to that. And I've been saying for months that I don't even think they're going to talk about anything that happened in Secret Invasion when this comes out. I think it's just, I think it's just, he's just going to be there. And I think it's supposed to be before Secret Invasion or something. They haven't really said it, but yeah, I don't think people have to worry about that. But I think when you when you do see him, then when you do see characters from like other projects, like when you see Monica Rambeau from WandaVision, when you see Miss Marvel from the show Miss Marvel, it's probably like okay, this is just too much for me right now. Uh, we're probably gonna just skip it, and I think that's what's happening with this film. And I don't think it's because of the title. People have said it, oh, it's the title. Um, I think a lot of people think general audiences are like a lot dumber than what I think they're they're not. And that, you know, they're gonna see what they're gonna what they're gonna wanna go see. Um yeah, I just think it's a bunch of bunch of little bunch of little aspects. Also, too, the stars can't promote the movie. Um exactly. Yeah, the uh the Hunger Games movie coming out, they got like a deal to be able to promote the movie, so they're just doing press stuff all around you know all around the country and the world and that it would have been great to see these three stars together you know get their chemistry with some interviews with some late night stuff and some clips and some videos but you kind of can't and it's uh that's also that's also kind of damaging the film's uh marketing so i think it's just a bunch of things too um let's go to you Jalen. your thoughts on just the marvels why do you why don't you think it's working with uh, some of the general audiences I said it a few months ago, and I'm going to keep saying it. I feel like it's an incredibly bad idea that they kept this current release. I say just they should have pushed it out until after the strike next year. Mm -hmm. Give Mm -hmm. all these other Mm -hmm. things a chance to kind of simmer in our minds. Because obviously we have the season finale of Loki next week, along with the release of the Marvels next week. So obviously someone's going to forget about something there. I think move it till next year. 
That was my thought. And then you have people marinating on that so they can work on the new projects that obviously obviously are not going to get released next year. So Captain America 4, Thunderbolts, Deadpool 3, and a billion other things that I'm sure they'll release. <laughs> but that's why I think it's not working. Just, yeah, cool, they get the IMAX screens, but you can't do press for it. You can't market it. I've barely seen yeah. any marketing for it to begin with. I, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, they like really the, put the Loki marketing unlike this, and I think they're setting it up for failure on purpose. Ooh. Ooh-wee. Ooh, wee. Ooh, what the tea? <laughs> okay, like, oh. Jamie. <laughs> like, oh, so you all, you guys hate Brie Larson. Okay, let's see how badly this movie does, and then we'll get rid of her. Like Brie Larson think seems like she's done. So you right? think they you think they are gonna they might scrap like Brie Larson and Captain Marvel if like you know this movie comes out and it just doesn't do what they want it to do. I, I honestly imagine. think she's nuts. done. Yeah, yeah I, I, I because I of can all the that hate too. she's gotten. Yeah. And she's an Oscar winner. She doesn't need all this negativity. She spoke out one time about the lack of diversity Mm -hmm. in critical reviews and that like certain movies aren't made for certain people. So why do those people not get to review those movies? Like, obviously it makes sense. And I think because she's opinionated and she stood up, it just kind of blew back in her face. And, you know, certain fanboys love to hate on people so maybe they lead more into photon or miss marvel but mm, i think yeah. Brie larson is probably done after that i mean it was captain marvel too then they changed it to the marvel then they changed it to the marvel mm-hmm. which so it I seems like be, yeah it seems like they're gonna lean on um iman Iman Milani, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and plus she has a lot of knowledge and i don't know if it kind of annoys kevin feige that she knows a lot of that stuff I'm like, sir, you need a second command to help you because it seems like to me with all these projects coming out, you're struggling. And once this, I really don't want it to to bomb and do worse Mm -hmm. than The Flash. I want it to do better than all of those projects that have come out. But I really think they're setting it up for failure doing this. I I do think it's going to do better. I think it's, I think, I think, listen, it's, it's obviously going to do better than like shazam and uh, blue beetle of course 100 percent. (laughs) but the so the flash what was the flash 55 i believe and it It, was like 55 i couldn't even tell you (laughs) and right and right now right now on box office pro this is the most as of what's today as of november 2nd it's tracking 45 to 62 million. Now just keep keep in mind that Box Office Pro is not the end all to be uh, be all because at one point they had the flash tracking at like 120 and we saw how that did. So I mean as, as it got closer we're able to see where it might fall, but I am I do look at like some I do like to look at like my AMC app and just like my uh, Cinemark and Regal apps just to see how like the theaters look. And they do look really like lower than usual for a Marvel, like shockingly lower than usual. And I, I would agree. I would have like, I think 
now thinking about it, maybe they just could have should have just pushed this into 2024. Yeah, that's and, a good exactly. idea. Yeah, and I like, see Dune what they could have done. All these other movies did it, and the movies yeah. that didn't move, I yeah. think the studios know they're going to bomb. So like Aquaman 2, yeah. we know it's going to be the Ooh. biggest bomb of the year. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't know, a billion other Warner Brother movies that I'm sure are going to bomb this year. Yeah. yeah but yeah. I think maybe March or April they should have moved it to. Yeah. Um. Mm-hmm. Because we are not getting any of those projects that we were supposed to get next year. Like, I think this is just going to be their excuse. Like, hmm, maybe these characters aren't the best. This is why we mm-hmm. shouldn't move forward with them. And it's also, like, the lowest runtime Marvel movie ever made, so. Yeah, it's tight. They cut that thing down to 145. They, they, they shaved the hell exactly. out of this like, movie. What were they doing? I feel like the quality of the film visually is going to be good. Mm-hmm. Yes, and this is going to be the first film after Victoria Alonso's a firing firing that I think will notice a huge difference in visual effects. Mm. Oh, interesting. Okay, okay. I didn't even think about that. That's true, though. I'm with you. I'm with you. I see That's a couple true, of the clips on Twitter, and I'm like, yo, it already looks a lot better. But I wanted to respond to something that you had said about mm-hmm. the toxic fan, the toxic mm-hmm. part, of the, part of the fan base. That talks specifically about Brie Larson. I I did. I don't want to mention any names, but somebody did respond to one of my posts on Twitter with all these things about Brie Larson that just weren't true. Like Mm -hmm. saying something like, oh, she took a lot of credit from her stunt people. I'm like, she brought them up on the stage with her to accept an award. Like these little accounts are running with lies and rumors about Brie Larson. So I can't blame her for feeling frustrated. And if they move on from her, I don't blame either party. Listen, I blame Marvel, but I don't blame Brie Larson for moving on because, man, these these people are making up the weirdest, worst rumors about her. I kind of just another tally to me of Marvel's lack of respect for the female characters and the actresses themselves. I mean, look what they did to Scarlett Johansson with the lawsuit. Oh, remember Gosh, that? The, oh, yes, oh my that god! Was my, that to... was like my third strike when yeah. I still watch Marvel. But I'm like, seeing how what they did with her, yeah, what they're probably going to do with Scarlet Witch. We're not going to get the movie, and if we do get a Scarlet Witch solo movie, it's going to be way too late. And that's all yeah. people are going to say is that it's way too late. I'm like, y'all, just be grateful we got it. We, mm-hmm. we fought mm-hmm. for that movie. But the bashing of from their part towards Scarlet mm-hmm. and. So bad. It was terrible. And like, I don't want to do I don't want to put blame on like Feige themselves, but it's definitely like higher ups, Disney and stuff. I, I feel like I feel I feel like cause Feige was fighting for more uh, you know, POC heroes early on, you know, when I think he tried to get Black Panther going in like 2012 and they were just shooting it down and shooting it down. Um, they were telling him that women, women can't lead and, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and black heroes can't lead and stuff like that. So it, it was, uh, so I, I think obviously it, it seemed like he wanted to give Scarlet her due. That's why we finally got, black widow but i mean you could tell that he wanted to put that thing after civil war man that that movie has Mm -hmm. after civil war 2016 all over it too when you and the 2004 black widow movie that was scrapped too so technically she could have been the start of the marvel cinematic universe which would have i still think we got a trilogy but that's a story for another day yeah yeah it's uh it's 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 bad and and to see 
And regarding Brie Larson, like I wouldn't be surprised if she's out of here after this one. And I, I honestly, I wouldn't blame her. Uh, I, you know, I, I actually uh, watched the first half of that new show she has on Apple TV Plus, oh, and so I'm good. like, she's great here. And you know, I, I love her in a lot of things. And I just like for some reason the Captain Marvel character has not hit for me yet in the MCU. And mm. I think it's because. Uh, I'm not saying it's because of her, but I think it's like, how can you give a good performance with all of this that you're dealing with outside, you know, out like with the, with the fan base? Like, why would you want to give it your all? I don't blame her for like, I mean, you know, I like the movie that she made in the first Captain Marvel movie, but I think it was already set up for failure. And the mm-hmm. fact that Marvel did not stand up for her, like how we saw with Lucasfilm, how they stood up for, uh, what was her name? The third sister in the Obi Wan Kenobi series. Overall, mm-hmm. the racism, like these, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. The yep. actors stood up for her. Marvel, nothing. The lawsuit with Scarlet, not one person stood up besides Elizabeth Olsen. Yeah, Which not is to nuts. mention mm-hmm. a lot of people in the article think they threw Victoria Alonso under the bus just to have somebody to point fingers at with the VFX. I'm not coming to her defense and saying, oh, she's like a, a sweet angel, but. That's the speculation. I mean, she became leadish like after Endgame. And mm-hmm. when did we start noticing the issues? The first time I noticed a visual effects issue was watching Moon Knight. And I was like, oh, that looked a little weird. <laughs> yeah, especially that, that, that last episode it. where they were like yeah. in the boat and all that. I was like, ooh. Yeah. And I was like, that <laughs> looks a little strange. And I was like, okay, well, the timelines match. People are saying that she caused this toxic work environment, so I definitely buy it. And then you see all the news articles come out about WandaVision and Falcon and the Winter Soldier. And I was like, okay, things are starting to click. And I don't think they're just throwing her under the bus. I think she actually created a toxic environment and they're trying to Mm -hmm. clear house. But honestly, Disney needs to look more internally at the Disney portion of things rather than the Marvel portion of things. I agree. I agree. And even this article too, like this, this like Nia DaCosta, let's like, it kind of feels like, Ooh, let's get like the word out that she's been leaving and stuff. It's just, I don't know, man. It's just, it's just what I saw. It's okay. Yeah. From what I read, like directors do do that. Like her to do the visual effects for you. (laughs) Like there's Zoom, there's so many ways to communicate. I mean, she can travel back and forth, but she has a job to do. I mean, no one would say that about the Russo brothers, and Ooh. we clearly saw what they did on the Gray Man. Yeah. Uh oh, <laughs> tell them. Uh, so, you're right, though. Like, I mean, other directors mm-hmm. do this all the time. What does mm-hmm. she have to do with the VFX? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I agree. So, um, yeah, a lot going on. Let's let's uh to cap off the Marvel stuff. I guess let's get into uh the Echo trailer. So right after, like, <laughs> right after. Um, this article kind of blew everything up, comes out this Echo trailer, which got a lot of people talking. And if you're listening to the, if you're a listener to the podcast, you would think I'd come on here and be like the, but guys, and I think I am going to be that guy. Cause listen, okay, Leo, before, before you, uh, you know, before you say anything, this is what I'll say. Uh, a lot of people saw like blood. And like, it's like, oh my god, MCU's back. I was like, guys, 
what <laughs> it's, it's just like everyone saw kingpin with his bloodied fist and like that's like the mcu has returned and we're back and i don't know they had moon knight with like bloody hands in one of the trailers and you know you saw how that turned out so i don't want to get too over hyped over echo and, you so know like until i see episodes. maybe yeah maybe i yeah five episodes they're just they're just they're <laughs> just chucking it out they're uh they're not doing the weekly for it it's it's like they have it promoted heavily that it's also on hulu i don't know i feel like i've seen this before when it comes to things that they don't they don't have faith in but um yeah and, and the tra- the way the trailer is cut too of course yeah they know which is what's gonna make everyone pop is is kingpin beating some guy up and then uh maybe a shot of daredevil and that's exactly what everybody did and I think it was, I think it was, I think it was beautifully orchestrated on their part, the way they released the trailer, because just like that, we have thumbnails of people on YouTube saying Marvel is in shambles. And then after that, it goes from, I'm sorry, Marvel. And I'm like, oh my God. Hot this hot soups. <laughs> yeah, this, this <laughs> Echo trailer was, it was good, but I'm like, guys, I don't know. But go ahead, Leo, your thoughts, the Echo trailer, go ahead. No, I'm gonna let Jayla go first. Go ahead, Jayla. Okay, let's go. Because you know what? I, I'm, I'm so hyped after that trailer. <laughs> I mean, the trailer did look good. And then you're like, oh, only five episodes. I'm going to need a million times more. But I'm like, so maybe we'll see more of her and Kingpin, obviously, in the Daredevil yeah. show. I mean, I've never seen the Netflix shows. It's on the list to get to eventually. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um. I think they're just experimenting with this type of release format. Yeah. I don't think it necessarily means that they don't have faith. I think they're just trying to see what works and what doesn't. And obviously we saw the change with Loki to the 6 p.m. Pacific Standard Time releases, whereas Secret Invasion oh, did so great uh, with their 12 a.m. releases. <laughs> um, I mean, it looked good. I mean, I'm going to hold my breath because it's only five episodes again and I like the grittiness and the blood and all that jazz, mm. but I mean, only time will tell once it comes out in January. I'm sure people yeah. will forget about it within two weeks, but usually yeah, what happens yeah. with Marvel. They don't give enough time for it to marinate in people's minds. Uh, Leo, go ahead. What do you think, brother? <laughs> I'm taking <laughs> back everything I said because I was not that high for Echo, and I seen that trailer, y'all, and I am so psyched. Like, well, first off, hold on. It's only five episodes, though. <laughs> yeah. It's only five episodes? OMG. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yikes. But you know what? I see that trailer. It looks cool. I like that we're bringing Kingpin back in the into Marvel. To me, Echo feels like opening the door to have that synergy that the Netflix shows had. to be To have the TV shows function in their own little universe. Yeah. Like, yes, we're all in the same yeah, place, but I want them to run on their own. I actually been thinking about this lately. I think the shows could have easily been the perfect launch pad to make a young Avengers lead up and a Midnight Suns lead up and not have barely anything to do with the movies. Like, forget the movies with the shows. This is its own universe, its own thing. And to me, Echo looks like it might run that route. I think it looks gritty. I think the action looks really well choreographed. I'm glad that we're getting Kingpin back in and getting a little bit more of the Echo character. Man, mm-hmm. it looks really good to me, y'all. Listen, I'm excited. I'm, I'm wrong. I was wrong about all I said about Echo. Completely wrong. 
Okay, and this is going to be the awesome. first under the spotlight banner as well. The spotlight like, banner. Yeah. 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 I was like, yeah, see, we don't necessarily need to see Echo in the next Avengers movie, but like she's there. Daredevil's exactly. there if we need them. And see, that's the benefit of the Daredevil shows, Mar- the Marvel, Netflix, Daredevil, and Jessica Jones, and the Defenders universe, if you will. Mm-hmm. It mm-hmm. functioned on its own. Whether I, you know, I can say I love Daredevil, I love Punisher, and some of the others were okay. The first season of Jessica Jones was phenomenal. But at least collectively, they were on their own, and they had their own story going on, and they had their own difficulties and things to face. I love that point of view of Mm -hmm. being at the street level of it all. So I'm like, yeah, if that's what we're getting with the spotlight shows, more of a street-like view or a certain character's perspective in their own little world, Mm -hmm. I am so here for this. (laughs) So here for it. If they do it right, <laughs> have show yes, if they do it right. <laughs> yeah, agreed. Like, have oh my god, that whole thing with like the no showrunners and and all. Well, now of they're going to do and, that, so that's a positive yeah. change forward. And for the for God's sakes, please, twelve episodes long. Do what Andor did. Do that. Ten? Yeah, like listen, I'm I my parameter is like eight, ten, twelve. You know, mm-hmm. I can't do like I'm glad. Hopefully this means that they're not doing that that planned nineteen episodes of Daredevil. That's kind of overkill for me. Oh my gosh, um, it's because, not a network show. Yeah, those CW like we gotta have twenty five episodes. It's kind of nuts to me. But like my mine is like eight, ten, or twelve. Mm-hmm. Like six, it's okay. You wanted to make a movie. I don't want to hear this limited series thing. Like, and I don't care what our good friends, our good co-hosts, Larry and Hannah say. Every time, every I was watching uh, Loki all weekend because I I stopped at episode two. I was just I don't know, uh, but I finally finished it before the finale this week, and it ends like a movie every time. It just does not feel episodic to me, and it just feels like a long movie. And I I can't wait for them to get rid of that format. Have some show bibles, have some you know, have some characters, have showrunners, have TV writers do this, and uh, yeah, then let's get the ball rolling on some of those shows. I do wonder if, like, now with all of that kind of restructuring around the TV, if this means they're going to redo things like Ironheart, because Ironheart got pushed back really far, and I think it's done. So I wonder if they're going to, if they're redoing that as well, as well as the Agatha show. Mm-hmm. So, um, and I also saw they're still working on Vision Quest. I don't think I want Vision Quest, but um, I mean, we'll see what happens. So, yeah, uh, Leo, have you, um, Loki, real quick, before we get into the other things, uh, Loki, so far, are you excited about this finale this week? How have you been liking Loki so far? Man, so the first couple episodes did start out a little slow, like the first season for me, but we have been just hit foot on the gas since episode three for me. I've been really enjoying it. This last episode was awesome. Very good exchange between him and Sylvie when she was in her timeline, if you will. And I just like where this is going. I'm hoping it sticks to landing. The first season did for me, so I think it will. Mm -hmm. But man, I, I... I think what episode five was, was what I wanted. Like I wanted him like kind of bending back and forth in time and and getting things, getting all crazy. And I really, really liked the pace of that episode. Whereas some of the early episodes were a little slow in my opinion. um, And Mm -hmm. a little, a little heavy on the exposition, but now that we're in it, 
I'm I'm feeling it. I'm really into it. Is it my favorite series in the MCU? No, but I'm really really enjoying it. And see, and episode five was like peak for the season so far for me. Galen, mm-hmm. uh, how about you? As regarding Loki, have you been uh, into the season so far before the finale this week? Definitely better than the first season. I was not a fan of the writer. Okay, I'm still not a fan of the writer because he also <laughs> wrote Multiverse of Madness, and yeah. I'm glad they fired him from Secret Wars. That's Ooh. not the point. <laughs> um, I do love what Eric Martin's doing, and every episode I feel like, well, where can we go from here? And just when you think there's nowhere yeah, left to yeah. go, there's somewhere left to go. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of how I feel about like the season finale, which is like, dude, this show just started, but whatever. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I really like the writer change that we went with for this. I don't know if there's going to be a third season. I kind of hope there is because I really like the the music, the cinematography, everything that they do with it just really hits for me. Oh, man. It's Natalie Tom Hiddleston. Natalie Holt, you, said, you mentioned the music. I hope they get her for a movie. I really do. Yes. Like, Let's have her do oh, man, Secret so Wars, yeah, so Dynasty, good. and then Eric Martin yep. to write one of them. Yeah. I'm still also yes. wanting Greta Gerwig to do a Marvel movie. I feel like it'd be amazing if her and Jack Schaefer worked together and co-directed and co-wrote Secret mm-hmm. Wars. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I get Greta Gerwig involved. Get her in the MCU. Scarlet Witch solo project. She would pay so much oh respect to that God. character, but it's yes. so completely off brand for Marvel. I highly doubt it will happen. But like, <laughs> we have to respect a woman. Hmm. Huh. Oh, man. <laughs> for real. They, they're not good at that at all. That I want Greta Gerwig and I want the Daniels to be somewhere in the MCU. Oh, the Daniels. Oh, yeah. my gosh. Get the Russians far away. Yeah, After wanted- seeing the Gray Man, I just wanted mm. to vomit. <laughs> they, they, wanted, they wanted the Daniels for uh, Loki, I think, at some point, but they turned it down to do a multi, to do um everything, everything everywhere. everywhere. Yeah, so but for them, I would have turned it down too. <laughs> yeah, I also saw that's interesting when we talk about that because there, I remember I was watching a uh, one of those roundtables, and somebody they some the I think the. Um, the host was like, "Oh, has anybody ever been contacted by Marvel?" It was it was like the director roundtable, and it was like a bunch of female directors, and a lot of them raised their hands. And I was like, "Hmm, I wonder why some of them would turn it down." I think I know why, regarding the lack of, you know, we have the previs, we have the action scenes, just mm-hmm. do some shots for us, and that's it. And that's pretty much a lot how a lot of their movies are directed. And uh, I wonder if that was that's one of the reasons why a lot of people don't do movies over there in Marvel. So it's just very interesting. No creative freedom is from what yeah. I've heard. Is that it's Marvel directing the movie. It's not the director directing yeah. the movie. And I was like, well, okay, well, if that's the case, then then don't blame Zo- Chloe for the Eternals, which I felt was refreshingly different. I agree. Yeah. I love <laughs> the Eternals, yeah. I love the Eternals. So mm-hmm. I completely agree. So, um, yeah, so... All right, let's. Uh, we're gonna get into Leo and I are gonna get into uh, Gen V and Invincible season two for a little bit before we get off air. So, with that being said, I want to thank uh, Jalen for joining us today here on the podcast to talk all things MCU. It's been the nice chunk of the show talking about the article and what's been going on. And uh, yeah, it's been great to have you on the show. Why don't you uh, let's get some plugs in? Let everyone know where they can follow you and if you have anything going on like podcasts and YouTube, anything like that. 
Oh, of course. Y'all can go ahead and find me on Twitter, obviously, under the handle Jalen Sanderson. Also, you can find me on TikTok. I talk about all things cinema, movie, shows, positive. So Brie Larson positive (laughs) over on that channel. Um, You can find me at Lost in Life Translation or Sandra Sanderson, if that's easier for y'all. But I'm so happy that y'all had me on. Yeah, for for sure. For sure. Thanks for dropping by. It was great to have you here. And uh, yeah, so thanks for joining us okay leo that was a great discussion regarding uh, you know the uh, the marvel stuff and what's been going on uh but let's get into some other superhero stuff and that is uh the gen v finale and i do want to get into a little bit regarding the show as a whole because gen v for me has been the superhero show of the year for me Ooh, yeah and loved it i love the show i listen the boys has three seasons Mm-hmm. I've seen the back and forth on if Gen V is better than the boys, and I still am gonna hold some judgment. I want to go back and binge Gen Gen V and really like make my decision because I love the boys season one. I really like season two. Season three is still good, but it's not like as strong as the other two seasons. Um, and then Gen V, Gen V though, I would put it, I think this is better than season two of the boys. I would say that, but, um, what a great show, great season. This is what happens though. When you have a superhero, you have some, uh, you have like a, you know, superhero continuity, you have like, you know, connective tissue here, you know, everything is connected, but Mm -hmm. it's not Mm -hmm. And I know it's because like it's still only like two shows doing its own thing. It's not like a over. It's not like twenty nine movies. You know what I mean? So we can't really compare it that much. But when I watch this show in Gen V, and then when I watch like a low key, it just I feel episodic. A TV show show bibles, show runners, like TV writing. It doesn't just end. <laughs> like every time you know when the show's happening like there's there's like there's cliffhanger endings but it doesn't just like like loki does a movement and his his face is like doing something and then like boom we're in the credits i get so baffled when i'm watching loki i'm like bro what and that doesn't happen in gen v so i love this show i think i think it's i think the finale was great uh let's get your thoughts on gen v the entire season and then let's get your thoughts on the finale Man, Gen V is so good. So I made the mistake of watching Loki and then right after moving to Gen V and I was just like, oh my God, it's like night and day in quality and production. I I just, I loved Gen V so much that I definitively said it was better than the boys. Mm -hmm. When in all reality, I do have it up there with my favorite season of the boys. For me, season two was actually my favorite season and I've got them both at the top of the boys sphere, if you will. They also did have <laughs> diabolical, sphere. but that's kind of like spinoff stories and things like that. So th- that can totally not really count, but I really liked Gen V a lot. I liked the characters. I, I found myself caring with about and, and identifying with the characters a lot more in Gen V. And not that the boys doesn't have great characters. I mean, I love the characters in the boys. I, I love Butcher. I, Homelander's a horrible villain. I, I really like Starlight yeah, and Huey. Yeah. And, but Gen V just made me really care about that core team so much. And seeing them go through 
not only struggles that teens go through, but also struggles that a new superhero will go through was such a refreshing change to me because in the scope of the boys, really, especially that first season, I would say, it's really like exposing that these people are a mix of decent and horrible behind the scenes. These people being Mm -hmm. the soups. So it's like, okay, the seven are presented as these perfect superheroes who come to protect people and are the heroes of the world, where in actuality, Homelander is a megalomaniac. The others have their own personal issues that stop them from actually being a, a glowing hero behind the scenes. So I love that exposure. And I think Gen V took that on a smaller scale and gave us all superhero main characters who were having that a little bit of that debate it's like expose the woods or do we do we become part of the seven it's Mm -hmm. really cool questions that these characters have to face and i love that each character has an inner conflict and an outer conflict and i love i love marie's character man i think she i think she's like strong enough to take out homelander honestly I think, to be honest, she's got the same power. Marie, you think, you think really? Listen. Interesting. Yeah, because, I mean, with blood control, I just think she hasn't figured out how to really tap into the intricacies in, of it. Because yeah. she, when she met with, the, gosh, the politician lady who explodes heads, <laughs> when she met with Ooh. her, she yeah. exposed to her that, like, you could know somebody's like eating patterns down to the Mm -hmm. t i think marie's abilities are like a lot bigger than she's realized or anybody in the show has realized yet so i think i'm glad that they didn't they i'm glad that they didn't just you know i know i keep comparing i keep comparing it to the mcu but you know how like at the end of like their series a lot of the times the characters has it all figured out and like boom new suit and we're like we're 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 transformed you know after like six episodes whatever but like this show, it's like I'm glad that they don't have a handle on their stuff yet because yeah. why would they? They're teen, they're not not teenagers, but they're college students. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't have everything figured out when you're 21, 22, 23. So I'm glad that that not at the at the end she can tell that she's more powerful, but she still doesn't know everything she can do. Like we saw it in the scene where she's fighting the invisible guy, and she kind of she kind of just you know focuses a little bit, and she can see his heart. And stuff, mm-hmm. and I love that there's like a progressiveness with her character, and the finale happened. And it's not, oh, I figured it out. I'm like OP as hell, you know. I'm glad that they just are taking the time with that stuff, you know. Yeah, and I'm actually glad that it, it coexists in the same world as the boys, but it feels like its own story. We're very yeah. hyper focused yeah. on this group, and there's yeah. not a lot. There's obviously a bleed over. I mean, we saw mm-hmm. spoiler alert. We saw Homelander, <laughs> so. Yeah. There's definitely bleed over, but it stays pretty tight knit and focused with this group. And I really like every character. I don't have a ton of criticisms about it because it's just so sharp and it doesn't waste a lot of time. There's a couple of mm. establishing scenes and especially the first couple episodes. But once Luke blows up, I mean, it's just go, go, go through the whole series. Especially when Luke does blow up and they set up that first episode with you assuming that Luke is going to be throughout the entire season, he's going to be the uh, the star of the season. He's going to be the you know the uh, the 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 dynamite kid, and you know he's going to be the star boy. And I'm glad that it kind of ends with him. It's not him, you know. It's about mm-hmm. everybody else. Yeah. And I gotta talk about Kate because that whole uh, that whole arc throughout the entire show and 
they are setting her up to be something big. I'm talking like Jean Grey, uh, yes. Scarlet Witch. She has right. the vibe that she is going to be a force to reckon with. And we saw that in the finale where her just, her eyes are like red and bloodshot because she's pushing mm-hmm. too much and yeah. she's telling everyone what to do. And I feel like eventually what's going to happen, my my prediction is that she's not going to need to touch anybody. She's just going to have yeah. the power to tell them. And that but is going to be scary. It is. But what's so cool about these characters too is they have actual weaknesses with their powers. Yeah, yeah. With, like Emma has to unfortunately barf to mm-hmm. to go small or big. Yeah, Marie yeah. unfortunately has to self-harm, which I'm glad they put like disclaimers about that, by the way. Like very responsible yeah, yeah. of them. Like Marie has to self-harm. Every one of them has this weakness, this inherent weakness with their power. And I think that's the case for like all these soups, but we just didn't focus on that in the boys. I think focusing it here allowed us to see that, like, oh, this Gen V chemical is actually very dangerous. And she probably shouldn't be used as much as people are using it, but yeah, yeah. yeah Emma, so. Emma was like a really good like beat of the season, man. Or Kate, yeah. I'm sorry, Kate, Kate was Kate, a really, yeah. really good character in the season. Love seeing that kind of descent into madness a little bit. We we get some Homelander vibes in the in there, and I do like where they're going. I I'm sure some people feel it might be a little political, but I do like the angle of soups versus humans. Because I think in a in a world like this, where I mean it happens in real life, so I'm like yeah. I could totally see the soup and proud mm-hmm. thing happening in in the world for sure, for sure. And that's that's the stuff I'm into, dude. I'm into it. I'm into the world. I love, 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 love like world building, and I love like when show even like when you go into the spinoff mode. It could be either a detriment to your original show or it could be like something to bring it up. And I think Gen V is definitely the latter and that it, br- it brings up the boys as a show and the world building of it and seeing how people deal with all this, all this stuff has been really great to see. And I can't wait to see how it bleeds into season four and then how season four is going to bleed into the uh, season two of the boy. Uh, I mean, of Gen V. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I'm super excited. I love, uh, love this season. I cannot wait to own it. I own all three seasons of the boys on Blu-ray. And I can't wait to own uh, Gen V as well, too. And uh, yeah, just great, great, great television. I love, I Absolutely. love this season. Absolutely. Yeah, love great season. Um, speaking of Amazon Prime Video... Uh, so I didn't get a chance to watch it, but Invincible season two has released. The first episode came. I'm surprised they only released the first episode because usually they did like a two or three, but they only released yeah. one. Um, now how many episodes is there for season two of Invincible? So eight total, but they're splitting it into two parts. So we're going to see the gotcha. first four through the rest of the year. And then we're uh-huh. going to see a second four next year. Gotcha. Okay, it makes sense. Makes sense because it takes a long time to do those shows anyway. Um, so, what you think? I didn't get a chance to watch it yet. But I'll probably watch it at work tomorrow when I get a chance. But what did you think? Oh man, so far Invincible is phenomenal. Uh, <laughs> listen, Gen V is like maybe right up under it for me. It's my favorite superhero show of the year so far. Mm-hmm. I think episode one is very much a catch up episode. There's a really good recap in the beginning, which. I'm like watching this recap and I was like, they need to do this at the front of Marvel movies. Like you need like a two, three minute recap 
yeah. at the beginning of these movies. But they do a really good recap, and then there's a twist in the very, very beginning, and then it goes into the episode. And I really like where we're at with Mark, exploring mm-hmm. some of the trauma that happened after the last season. Man, Steven Yun and Sandra Oh are absolutely eating this season so far like their their emotional performances are like carrying this show so heavily and mm-hmm. then we get caught up with the guardians of the globe we see robot lose his leadership position again <laughs> like there's <some laughs> but we also establish uh angstrom levy who is the next villain of invincible and he's voiced by sterling k brown and see there's they're totally doing the multiverse thing but a friend of mine and me were talking about the episode and he said it perfectly. It's because it's invincible that you're trusting it more because mm-hmm. the first season was so good and the animation is phenomenal and the most of the episode is so good that, yeah, they're doing the multiverse thing, but it's okay because they're not going to explain it in 50 different ways like it has been with Marvel. It's mm-hmm. just going to be the, with this one guy. So while the multiverse thing at first, I was kind of like, oh, maybe not. The execution is really well done. Uh, I don't think Ben Schwartz's character is in the first episode, but he pops up in the season as well. So the voice mm-hmm. acting's continuing to stay good. The animation has definitely stepped up in quality. For sure, for sure, yeah. And it's just, it's a good first episode. It's really a catch-up. I can't say too much without spoiling. So it's really a good catch-up. And we see Mark get back to crime fighting. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm excited to watch it. I actually wanted to just uh, quickly tap into the first season again because I've been meaning to do a rewatch of that season before I got into uh, Invincible season two. So I'm probably going to rewatch that before getting into it. Um, but yeah, I'm super excited to get into it. I love the first season. It was a great surprise for me, you know. Um, so yeah, it's it's uh, great to hear all the positive uh, buzz coming out of this show. So um, all right, everyone, with that. With that said, that is it for this episode of Hero Hour. Really packed, hefty edition of the Hero Hour show. But that is how we like it over here. Uh, really, really, really fun show. Thank you guys all for listening. And uh, let's go to you, Leo. Um, let's let everyone know where they can follow you and what's coming up on your channel this week. Absolutely. Well, guys, if you're over on YouTube, go ahead and search up Geekly Goods. You'll see a logo with a guy holding two jeans. That's me. Come on over. Let's talk some geek, y'all. We got uh, quite a few coming up this week. We've got the marbles right around the corner. And I will also have some reviews from Denver Film Festival, along with a couple of reactions sprinkled in here and there, guys. So come on over. If you're on TikTok, I'm Geekly Goods as well. I'm also on Twitter and every other social media platform at Geekly Goods. Yeah, everyone, please follow Leo. He works really hard as far as like his work, and then the uh, on Twitter, like the engagement has been great to see. Just to see regarding you on Twitter turning into this like I don't even know what to call it, but this just mad tweeter as far as like news <laughs> and stuff. But it's been great to see you know and everything, and I'm glad people are starting to follow you more and starting to see more of your stuff because you know the the work is very much due over there when it comes to Geekly Goods and. Yeah, of course. As far as with us, everyone, uh, you can follow me at Cinematic94 on Twitter. You can follow the podcast, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And coming up for us this week, uh, I am going to be seeing the Marvels early. I'll see it. When do you see it? You see it on Tuesday? Yeah, I'll be seeing it Tuesday. Yeah, I'm seeing it Tuesday night. Me and Alex is going to go see it. And then, so we'll probably try to have a review up Wednesday 
for it and then we'll see what spoilers look like to see if we need like a spoiler review type thing over the weekend and uh yeah we have our review for priscilla which is on uh which is you know available now to listen everywhere you get all these shows and then we're gonna have a review for the killer coming up soon and if i'm able to see the holdovers definitely a review for that as well and that's it that's it everyone thank you guys for joining us my name is Dwayne. that was leo and that was Jalen earlier we'll talk to you guys soon bye-bye